This is an ABC podcast. Yeah, they're gone now. And he just floated off into the sunset, it's didn't he? Where's he gone? Gone to another yard. Oh, oh no, and he's back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday's <laughs> lawn mowing day. I love it. Next door. Hello, Zan. Hello, my fun way. How are you? I just got so excited. Yeah. You could hear it last week when we returned. I know. For the first episode that I needed to get back in to a bit of a bang. Yeah. That sounds wrong. Early bang? Early no. bang. An early bang. We're coming mm. to you a bit earlier this week because we just have so much to talk about. No, I think we can, I think we can, what do you call it? I open the curtains or what is it? When We're we, talking about banging in curtains. Where mm. is this going? No, it's a good place. It's a good place. <laughs> You're doing a story for a particular television show uh, oh, when, we, norm- when we normally record <laughs> that you're very excited about and that's why we're going early. And okay. are we allowed to say any more? But- well, the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, Bank it's the best. They're going to love it because, like, this is – working in television, right, you do lots of things and it's quite often the things that people wouldn't expect that makes everyone super excited. And the fact that you're doing this is just blowing my mind. I, I can't remember the last time I've been so nervous. It's, it's, I know, <laughs> I can tell. You've been working hard. We haven't mentioned what it is yet, but you've been working hard in the build-up. It's The pressure's on. That's right. I'm going to be on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I'm not going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I'm going to be on Gardening Australia. Oh, my God. Which I would argue is better than Dancing with the it's, Stars. It's better than anything. <laughs> it's better than anything. It's the best. I'm so excited. And this is, I don't know when it's going to air. I'll let you know, but we're filming it this week. And you've heard me talk about my garden. Mate, and you're. you're I found a horticulturalist through the Bang Fam. Shout out to Vivi. Exactly. You know, we're, and we're in it. I'm in the gardening years of my life. You are. I'm in the I just bought a wheelbarrow stage <laughs> of my life too. And I think once that changes, the idea that you're going on Gardening Australia is just like. Everything's blown out of the I'm water. I'm so excited. I'll let you know how it goes next week. But yes, that's why we're coming to you <laughs> a little place bit earlier. The place looks beautiful. This week. I'm very, very excited. I've been fertilising up a storm. Oh, have you now? A lot of power feed <laughs> going on in my world. And uh, real true fans, true believers will understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is not a gardening podcast. Bang well, on. Be, if though. this is your first visit, it is your place to catch up on the week of music, art, life and stuff. Mm-hmm. We kind of make sense of it all for you. And... If you've been watching what's happening in Spotify this week and Neil Young and protests around Joe Rogan. Oh, that sounds like a lawnmower. It's not a gardening podcast, uh, even though there is a lawnmower going on behind. It should be. (laughs) Sorry if you can hear that, Bang Fan. We'll we'll soldier on. Um, But Spotify has been in the news a lot this week. Neil Young, Joe Rogan, the protests around his podcast and Mm. where it's housed, which is exclusively on Spotify. We're going to get to that. We're going to explain everything. If you're Mm. confused about all of that or you just need, you know, our hot takes, we'll get to that in just a moment. But breaking news. Oh, do, 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 do. Very exciting. We haven't had the breaking news banner in a while. No. I love it. No. Well, you sound very cute when you do that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. High production values for breaking news sound. Um Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are having a baby. Oh, my God. And the reveal. The reveal. We saw I mean, the photos you know. this morning on the streets of Harlem, the two of them in their street clothes, ASAP wearing, you know, a hoodie, a kind of baggy oh, jacket. Oh, I, did, I didn't even look what he was wearing. That's terrible. Rihanna <laughs> in what can only be described as a hot pink long puffer jacket. Puffer jacket, puffer jacket. <laughs> Buttoned at the top mm. and then right under the sort of breastbone mm. there, 
just split open over the belly with jewels hanging over her mm. significantly pregnant belly. I'd say she's rocking at about six months. Yeah. Maybe five or six months. Yeah. Amazing reveal. Amazing just hanging reveal. out in Harlem. So different to, you know, the Cardi B's, the Beyonce's, the, oh, yeah. the many, many levels. No shade on Beyonce's. No reveal. Beyonce That's because we love that. That should those be hung two. in the Louvre. Yeah. However, I imagine it is just as full of meaning. As all of those, and I'm still trying to work out exactly what it is. Cause well, got- he's from Harlem as yeah. well, so being on the streets of Harlem where he grew up, and yeah. then him, you know, announcing that he's going to have a child, that they're going to have a child together, that's going to mm. be significant. Mm. And the jewels over the belly, they've been somewhere else before, and I cannot place it. I spent the morning looking at old Aren't Rolling. You a resident art critic. I know, I know. I've, I've looked at, at old Rolling Stone covers because I, I feel like there was a cover with someone covered in the, exactly the same jewels that she had on and I can't work out who it was. Bang Fam might remember. Okay. I'm not sure. It either comes from the 80s or the early 90s. I it can't remember. It is up remember. in the bang box. Email yeah. is in the show notes. Or it could be an album cover or something. The jeans, low rise, signifying that they are back. Um, hipster jeans. I'm not happy. I know I'm not happy about it at all. And did you see the bottom of the jeans? I didn't see the bottom of the jeans. It was like she was floating. Um, those <gasps> jeans were, as we feared, Coming into fashion in this next year is the jeans that are dragging on the ground. No! Uh, you can't see her feet. She's a, um, You're like, I don't know what it means, and then you just roll out with all of yeah. that. Yeah, no, she's a Japanese no theatre performer, so she could be walking along and you cannot see the legs move because <laughs> the jeans are on the ground. And you know what's worse? It's winter in New York and it's just been snowing. Can you imagine how filthy the bottom of those jeans would get? Fashion. It's fashion. It doesn't though, matter. It's fashion. It's fashion. It's very exciting. I, they look truly in love. I'm so excited for an ASAP Fenty baby and all the joy that that's going to bring. I oh think God. the baby is due around June, May or June. So congratulations. Mm. I know that uh, Rihanna is a Bang fan listener. Of course. Listens to Bang on every week. So big congrats to you and ASAP. Very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. The other big news that just broke in the last day, which we were talking about last week, mm. was Wordle has just sold, surprise, surprise, to the New York Times. Whether or not it's sold, there's no mention in the in the announcement. No, there but, uh, is. is. A there? figure in the low sevens, so at least a million dollars. Oh. Well, he didn't the, – the, the guy behind Wordle, a Wordle which is a, a game that you play once a day, you get it, – it's a five-letter word and there's certain clues that you get during, during the process to find it out. And thus far, there was no money involved. There was no exchange of which information. Which we talked about last week of how we wholesome it was. We loved not that. monetized, not behind a paywall, no ads. It was just wholesome. Mm. The people that wrote that article, yeah, funnily enough, are the New York Times who set up that whole wholesome backstory <laughs> and then slam a million dollars or more down on the table and are definitely going to put a paywall up, are definitely going to monetize it because why wouldn't you if you paid that much for Although, it? Although would it just bring advertisers? Do you think they'll do it as advertisers? Oh, I thought you said appetizers. No, no, no. <laughs> no, would it just bring advertisers because, I mean, that's how they make their revenue. Either way, it won't be the pure website where there's no other agenda, no other intention. It's mm. changing, which, you know, I say good for good Josh him. Wardle, yeah. who is the creator of Wordle. He's just made a clean at least a million, and we're talking American dollars as well. So let's just round it up to 1.5, 1.7 I would have thought million Australian more, dollars. More than that. I would have asked for more for he that. He created this less than <laughs> six months ago, four months ago, and now he's home free. I thought, you know, anything online, apps, whatever, slap a, slap a you know, a, a million gazillion on it, not just a million. 
Seems your too banking. Low. Seems too low. <laughs> a million gazillion. If you don't want to go behind the paywall, if you're not a subscriber to the New York Times and you can't get there when it changes, which for now they say it won't, but, you know, it probably will. Mm. You found a saucy word game yeah. uh, as an alternative myth. It's called Loodle. <laughs> Trust you to find this. <laughs> and it's going off as well. But I've realised I don't have that many offensive words in my armour. Um, my armory, I should say. You're too say. prudish for Loodle. I'm too, I'm too prudish. My first, because you get, it's five letter words, you get six goes at it. It tells you if the letter is in the place that it should be or if the letter is right and not in the right place. Right. So, of course, I started with the traditional boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Very grade three calculator of you. <laughs> I know. And that got me no letters. And then I wrote the C word because, I mean... <laughs> Why go low when you can go high? Just female anatomy is where you're headed. Yep. And there's a U in the loodle word for okay. today. But and it's that's, not the C word. That's all I've got. Can you think of any rude word with U in it? F-bomb? But it's got to be five letters, doesn't it? Yeah, and there's no C in it. F-bomb with a T on Because I've end? used the word Fucked. C. No, no. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Too straight? Yeah, no, that's not going to get us through. I can try. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's no C. We can't do that one. It's hard. It's much harder. Yeah. Put the limitations on the word especially, and make it rude. And I don't know if it's a win if you know the word. It makes you realise how potty-brained you are if you do. Is that a win or is that an embarrassment? The loss is the fact that I don't have these words in. (laughs) I'm very disappointed. I also saw that Taylor Swift fans, of course, the Swifties have made their own one based around her lyrics. So there's going to be plenty of offshoots. Uh, as Wordle takes on a whole new meaning and a, a whole new life. Yeah. I wasn't doing any Wordle on the weekend. I was watching the tennis. Good on you. Well, I watched most of it. I mainly watched the Ash Barty final, which was incredible. She put up such a fight against Daniel Collins. Mm. I saw her a couple of weeks ago, the first Friday of the Australian Open, and I've never seen her play and yep. I was right behind the baseline and – it was amazing just to see. There's nothing beats being in that room if you're lucky mm. enough to go to the tennis. I had a last-minute call-up with a friend who works for a corporate firm and basically Sweet. just said, I've got an extra ticket. And I was like, yes, please. Yeah. But um, it's incredible to see the strength and just the composure and that pin-drop silence that you have in that, in that court watching it all take place. But, man, she crawled back. She was looking in trouble from Danielle Collins and she crawled back so hardcore. And, of course, the highlight was just at the end seeing her win for the first time in more than four decades and then surrounded by other trailblazers having the the championship trophy, the cup presented to her by Yvonne Goolagong-Cawley mm. and Kathy Freeman standing by her side Amazing. who was there. They kept on crossing to her during the match who obviously broke a massive record and a massive drought at the 2000 Sydney Olympics as well. So that's the first time in 40 years a woman has won a, a singles champion, a singles, male or female. Male or female, that's fabulous. Dylan Olcott's won it before in the exactly. in the quad finals, but yeah, it's uh, it was amazing to just to see that, you know, I saw a few people tweeting about the black matriarchy, you know, mm. black excellence on show and so just good. these different generations of of women who have just, you know, just think about how inspiring they are to so many players. Mm. Male, female, black, white, all over Australia. It's just, um, yeah, it was it was incredible. Yep. Uh, and Dylan Alcott, you know, he got into the finals, but he didn't um, quite make the the win, even though he's won pretty much bloody everything yeah. over the last year. And to be honest, you can't blame him because he, he won just, Australian of the just Year. Flew to Canberra in the middle before. of the final week, <laughs> uh, heading towards the Australian Open, and was made Australian of the Year. Yeah. 
I said he won it like it was a competition. It's not. But he was honoured with the accolade of being the Australian of the Year. And if people are expecting this Australian of the Year to go quietly in comparison to the last with Grace Tame, who certainly did not, Mm. um, I think they'll be sorely disappointed because already Dylan is uh, basically critiquing the system in which he participates, which is tennis, and he talks about the money and the fact that the prize money disparity between able-bodied tennis players and players with disabilities is, is appallingly low. It's shocking. It is It is shocking. He said, up the prize money everywhere because I won the lead-in tournament here and it was 1300 bucks. How much is a flight from Europe? Three grand. And that's not just in Australia. That's all around the world. We don't get $3.5 million for winning. We get less than half what the first-round loser of the able body gets at all slams. I didn't realise that. Yeah, and it's – think about it. If this is the case, it's not just people who – aren't able-bodied that can't get through. It's people who are have socioeconomic barriers mm. as well. Like it's – and it it's appalling. Like it really – they give us as much entertainment. And I think that also the Australian Open makes a big deal about how it's the only sport in the world that has equal pay for male and female finals. Mm. But that is a massive disparity. Yeah, here and we this go. is something that is often left out of the conversation of the, the equal rights and equal pay for people who aren't able-bodied. Yeah, yeah. Uh, able-bodied players who are eliminated in the first round get $103,000. The winner of the Disabled Grand Slam can uh, apparently expect to win about $50,000. So there you go. If you get knocked out in the first round of the able-bodied tennis, you get double what the winner. Uh, uh, It's just – that's just nuts. He's going to be a great advocate this year. He sure is. For – the disabled community, he already has been with his foundation speaking out for, mm. for many, many years. There's a reason he got to this place. So I think it'll be fantastic um, to see the changes that he can instigate in the next 12 months. Yep. Um, and he's going to have a, a, another bloody big year. Dylan Alcott, what a legend. Mm-hmm. So the biggest story this week is, of course, Spotify in the world of music, art, life and stuff. Mm. A boycott that was started by Neil Young, who pretty much gave them an ultimatum. He said, Joe Rogan or me. And they chose Joe and he's removed his music from the Spotify streaming platform in protest. Joni Mitchell followed suit. Although I was checking and some of her albums remain. Not Blue. That's the first one I looked for. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna struggle with that one not on there because imagine like. Well, it's on a lot of playlists. So there's you can a lot kind of, boomers, of find a way. There's a lot of yeah. boomers who need that music in their lives yes. every day. <laughs> and, and I count myself among them yes. even though I'm not a boomer. Um, and the company has, I've just been seeing people share screenshots of them basically being overloaded, inundated with subscribers, feeding back and cancelling their premium subscriptions, calling Mm. them up, emailing them um, in response to what they call misinformation around COVID vaccines from Joe Rogan. I'm pretty sure most people know who Joe Rogan is. I think they do. He he was signed on to Spotify for $100 million. $142 million Australian dollars is pretty much what they paid to have What do you do with that kind of money? Whatever you want. (sighs) Why do you need that By a kind car of money? Or, two or five? <laughs> yeah, and so this was a huge coup. And I think that when it happened in the last couple of years, it was the most public reminder of Spotify not necessarily being a music streaming service only, but it's a content provider. It's a and platform. It's, it's a platform. Um, Daniel Eck, who's the founder of Spotify, he said that 
company would start adding content advisories before podcasts discussing COVID-19 and would direct listeners to a dedicated hub containing information from trusted sources. But he did say that Spotify would not become a, quote, content censor. And when Mm. it all kicked off, their first response was from Spotify, we hope to welcome you back. It wasn't kind of like we understand to to Mm. Neil Young. It was sort of like a easy, okay, we're taking Joe. I think what's interesting here is that Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, they were both, uh, they survived polio as children. I didn't realise Joni did as well. Yes, before vaccines. So this is why it's really, really important to them both um, and that's why it's been such a significant thing because I think a lot of people are saying about Neil Young, you know, okay, boomer, da-da-da-da-da, cancelling free speech, all that sort of stuff. He's got skin in the game. He's got skin in the game and he's also well known for having fundraisers for his children's school. His children also have uh, are living with disabilities and he's always had those big concerts. I can't think of the names of them at the at, – uh, it, they're quite legendary. He does it every year. Um, so this is really important to him. And he's also uh, the ultimate punk protester. Like he's mm. been doing this. He wrote Ohio about the Kent State University. Of course I remember that. Shootings. You know, yeah. he's, he's someone who wrote a whole album, which funnily enough I did review for the Gardening Australia magazine <laughs> years ago. It was one of my – I've been a long-time fan because it was a Neil Young Circle album of, life. of protest against – Monsanto, yes. who are the big GMO seed company that basically control the yep. world's seeds, i.e. the world's food production. Yep. And he wrote a whole album about Monsanto. So this is a guy who knows what protest is. Mm. He always stands by his convictions. I will say this, just because I want to be, you know, throw in the context of how someone like Neil Young can protest differently to a more emerging artist or a younger artist, he... He does have about 6 million listeners a month on Spotify and it's responsible for 60% of his streaming revenue, but he also recently sold half his catalogue for $150 million and he's Mm. one of those artists who, because of his fan base, which Mm. is really broad but does have a lot of older people who still love physical media, he puts out box sets and rarities and people still buy them. So it's very different to someone who is dealing with an audience who have grown up in digital streaming services who don't have that before and after of, of Spotify and Apple Music and everything else in between and they're different kind of offerings. But I think that the fact that he can use his voice to protest has made the point that protest does work because everyone's talking about this. Exactly. And the the thing that differentiates what Spotify is experiencing from, say, other platforms, because all platforms have gone through this. There's always been um, a performer or an artist that they have on their books that has caused a level of controversy, and each platform is working on their own systems and values to come up with a solution Mm. according to them. But the difference – so this has happened on Facebook. This has happened on Twitter. All these things, you know, uh, Donald Trump was deplatformed on Twitter. Mm. That was their reaction and their response to it. But the very different thing about this is that Joe Rogan is exclusively with Spotify. He's not just a a podcast that that is streamed on there like all other podcasts which are available elsewhere. It's just at Spotify. So this actually says more about maybe what Spotify – believes in than anyone else who's on the platform just by mere sake of you have to be. So I think I think what they do and what they say is is very, very important right now. And I think I think they have to be kind of careful. Yeah, and I don't think they platform, were with that first response. I think no. that was really flippant and dismissive. Yeah. And it just made people more angry. 
and it didn't really take into account just what a huge impact this was because the, mm. the amount of people that listen to Joe Rogan's podcast averages 11 million per episode. That is a huge amount of clout. And one of the things that he says, which I just think is such a cop-out, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan experience. I can't. So I don't want to, you know, uh, claim to know the ins and outs of no. that, that program because I'm certainly not an expert. But one of the things that he, you know, he's been criticised over the years, over the last year and a half, um, by, you know, having people like he basically does interviews and he's had an infectious disease specialist who's been banned from Twitter for spreading mm. misinformation about COVID. He's discouraged healthy young people from being vaccinated. Uh, he discussed ivermectin, remember that, as a oh, treatment yeah. for the disease. But through all this, he presents as someone who just, I don't know anything and I'm just asking questions. And I think that that, that line between interview and factual content and editorial is really blurred and incredibly blurred for the audience that he speaks to and just kind of throwing his hands up in the air and saying, but I'm just asking questions and mm. I'm just dumb. It's like, no, you've got a, if you've got a platform, you have to understand, I believe, you have to understand the responsibilities that come with that and you have to cop criticism if yeah. you say stuff that is scientifically incorrect. I think it's fair that he's being questioned around this. It's such a gaslighter's term too, isn't it? Oh, no, nothing to worry about here. I'm just asking questions, isn't it's, it? It's a real cop-out. It's a yeah, real cop-out. It's an it. answer from someone who doesn't have an answer, doesn't have yeah. a solid answer. So I thought that that was pretty disappointing um, but but not surprising. But I think through all of this it's not just a conversation around the rights and responsibilities of different service providers but a really glaring reminder that, mm. like I said before, Spotify is not a music service. You know, they're a business. You look at how much they pay musicians and mm. they're not here to support musicians. Um, they're a business and they're a content provider, whether you like it or not, whether you think that's a, a win or a fail. And podcasting has become a huge part of that. It's a massively growing area and Spotify want to be um, at, at the forefront of it. But I'm glad that people are talking about it mm. for Be all those reasons, for the reasons around COVID misinformation, for the reasons around how we think about how ingrained these things are in our lives. Yeah. I've just started literally this week for years and years, people have been saying to me, can you put your monthly mixtape on Apple Music? It's something that I've been doing in my own time from the joy of just curating a mixtape every month yep. for five years. And I started it on Spotify because that's the service that I use mm. and because I found it easy. And I just recently got access to Apple Music um, and I've, I'm going to start putting them on Apple Music too because people have been asking and I think that, you know, it's something that I, I don't want to just feed a, a one service monopoly. Mm. But for all of this, we're all talking about streaming services that have moved very far away from the way that we consume music as we did. And I don't want to sound like an old person, but <laughs> it's really different. Yeah. When you pull all this back at the heart of it, the artists are getting paid 0.00003 cents per stream. It's very hard to make money. It's very hard to untangle yourself from this rabbit hole that we've all buried down that seems impossible to now back out of mm. because if you're growing up today, you don't pay for music. You don't understand that you should pay for music or that music is something that has a value, a, a dollar value like it used to. Right now, no one can tour. Streaming and the tiny little amount it gives you is a small bit of income, but it's some income where no one else is getting income. Mm. It's really hard. Yeah. I'm not justifying any of this. I'm just laying out the bare bone facts of how fucked it is for artists. Absolutely. And, and how we as consumers have been kind of 
have changed our behaviour to now this is the normal. Yeah. So when something like this happens, it's like, oh, hang on. But that's what the thing. What do I do now? They're making the rules very quickly as well because they don't know. There, there are no rules around any of this. So I think it's important to take initial steps that are strong, that are clear, that are saying this is what we represent rather than, you know, changing direction and whatnot. And it's up to us to protest mm. when we are uncomfortable because we can actually have a role in changing whatever rules they set for their platform. So I think it's really important to, to use your voice in this yeah. situation. That's been the takeaway for me from this. Mm. I think so much of the stuff that we talk about and social media makes it much harder and much worse is is so binary and it's like it's a win or it's a lose. It's good or it's bad. It's black or it's white. But Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and many premium subscribers can protest and that can have an impact even if Spotify doesn't remove Joe Rogan. It can st- we're still having this conversation and that's worth something. Mm. If you want to actually pay for your music, there are places you can do it. If you don't care for vinyl, which is actually having an upkick, yeah. or CDs, like I still have my old CDs. I've got a shitload of CDs if anyone <laughs> wants them. Um, but you they're can, still in storage. If you want to access music digitally, there's great services like Bandcamp who have Bandcamp Fridays where they don't have any of the fees that they usually charge for housing music on their servers, they give straight to the artists, stuff like that. So there are ways if you want to support artists. Yep. Um and if you're thinking about it, then that's a win. If you're thinking about all this stuff, then this, that's a win. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's that time. What are you banging on about, Zan? I'm banging on about a podcast. Oh, great. Which is something that I know you will love. I don't think that you've listened to it, which will surprise me, but it's called Welcome to Your Fantasy. And it is a podcast about... The Chippendales. Get out! <laughs> no way. Chippendales from the 80s? Chippendales from the 80s. The oh. male dancing stripping review. And this is a podcast that I hadn't heard of before. I saw the New York Times did a bunch of like everybody else best ofs at the yeah. end of last year. And they did their 10 best podcasts of 2021. And this was one of them. Uh, and it's the story of its founder who was an Indian immigrant who ran a couple of petrol stations, did a bunch of, you know. I saw a documentary on this. This is amazing. Steve Banerjee. Yeah. And he then bought a club um, in a kind of shitty part of LA and had an idea. And that idea was Chippendales. This has sex and drugs. It has hitmen Mm. and jealousy. It's a little slice of history about what was happening culturally at the time. There's all these fantastic references to remember how big daytime television was yes. in the 80s. Phil John- Donahue, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. There were so many different incarnations. Donahue was the greatest and the first. Was, yeah. But there were so many different incarnations and they all friggin' had the Chippendales on of multiple course. times. Of course, because your target audience is <laughs> mums at home. Yeah. And the Chippendales would have just been like moth to a flame, yeah. really. And there are a few people who are involved in the Chippendales who claim it was a fantastic women's liberation movement. Yeah, grain of salt yeah. with that one. <laughs> And this is what makes a great podcast, I think, having a really enigmatic mm. and, and captivating host. And Natalia Petrozella is that. She's a historian and she's a host. And you can hear in her voice, she just loves this story. It's so infectious. And she's so delighted by the wild twist and turns. Mm. And it's just fantastic. It's, you know, I'm enjoying podcasts. You know, we obviously have a weekly podcast that never stops. We're always here. But it's nice having a, a kind of 
you know, season, mm. just seven or eight episodes of a, of a story, and that's one of those. So welcome to your fantasy. Oh, I love it. Which was about I just the, love the, uh, the title. <laughs> Very good artwork as well is I my bet. hot tip. You will love this. I will love it. I've been it. listening to it while I've been in the garden. I have seen a documentary on this. I and there's been a couple of chats yeah, about this story, but I'd never nuts. heard it in full and it's just it is, wild. It is wild. Yeah. It is wild. Phenomenal. So good. What are you banging on about? I am banging on about Kate Langbrook's new book, Chow Bella. Which oh, is this Six Take Italy vibe yes, when yes. she went and just pissed off to Italy for a year? Packed, packed up her bags. Uh, what a vibe. What a vibe. And, but it ended up being there for two years because of coronavirus. Yeah. And, of course, Italy, where she was, in the north of Italy, was one of the worst hit yeah. areas. But it's – I don't know. I was, I've been stripping tiles, paint stripping tiles at the moment, and that's a lot longer process than I suspected. So I've been listening to a lot. I listened to the new Jonathan Franzen, and that took 24 hours to listen to. That's a big to. one. That was a big one. I'm not going to bang on about that. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I don't think anyone's going to do a 24-hour um, twenty-four hour listen or read. I've who, got the paper book and you can like, kill time. things with yeah. it. It's so heavy. I know. It's actually quite good. Um, but I, I thought he was over, but maybe he's not. Um, <laughs> side bang. Little side, side bang. bang. Little side bang. Critical side bang. <laughs> Bitchiness from the Statler and Waldorf up in the <laughs> – There's side eye and then there's side bang. Um Oh, was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Kate's book. It's beautiful. It's within the first chapter. I'm crying because she talks about you know how important her family is and and their 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 first son Lewis Lewis who was diagnosed with cancer as yeah. a child and and all of that and that's part of the reason why they they'd always made a promise to themselves to do this and she did you know and it was so beautiful to just read about Italy and food like it's all about food it, and Bring I it on. just loved it like I was like and my favorite food in the world which is pasta yeah. mostly the best food. um and restaurants and like you just feel like you're traveling at this time when you can't we can't travel it's beautifully written I feel like the first place you're going to go to is Italy because late you last year you were telling me about going the to- Italian food podcast are you actually going to Italy Eurovision Oh shit of course <laughs> You get to travel for work And you know it's my spiritual Where about home. Some Italy is it being held this year Turin Oh my god which I only know for the sh- shroud of of Turin, which is also apparently a bit suspect now. Maybe not, maybe not quite what they thought it was. Okay. Um, not from the time they thought it was, that's okay. for sure. Um, I'm so jealous. I know, but that's the thing. Reading this book, it was beautiful, and you do get to the the coronavirus period, and yeah. but it's still, uh, it's just it's just wonderful. It's a real escapist read, and I cried, I laughed, like it was just it was one of those really beautiful beautiful experiences that I felt like she shared with us um and yeah it was a bit of an honor to read something like that mm. you know and it gave me gave me itchy feet and a very very rumbly stomach I haven't read it I'm assuming she narrates it yes the audiobook yeah and I imagine given the experiences that her and her family have gone through that drive to seize the moment mm. do the things that you've always been saying that you should do mm regardless of whether it's Italy or just, you know, making the most of every every day, yeah. knowing that it's the only day you, you have or this is the only moment you have for sure, you don't know what's around the corner. And That's if, something that has been really affecting a lot of people I and influencing so. a lot of people's decisions Yeah, um, over the last couple of years. It's certainly colouring what my year is going to be and how I want to approach this year. Absolutely. So it's a, very t- it's a, timely, it's yeah. a timely book. I think those sort of things really resonate with with a much broader sort of experience we're all having at the moment. Mm. Who knows what's around the corner? Let's just go out and get it. Go and enjoy it. Let's go to Turin. Let's go and get it. (laughs) Can I come with you? Yeah.
I feel like you need some help. I do. <laughs> I need some help with my wardrobe. Can you be my wardrobe assistant? I mean, obviously, I'm very good at the fashion. <laughs> yeah, of Just course. pack the Crocs and here we go. <laughs> they are in fashion, though. <laughs> oh, see good. you next week. Yeah, can't wait. Bye. Bye. This is an ABC podcast.